With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio, with amazing slow-smoked wings and world-famous baby back ribs, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Take you until noon. Wade Looking Bill. Bottom of the hour. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports momentarily. Did you see the six-leg parlay that was put together at FanDuel? No. Okay, so this is this this will never happen again to these guys. Three guys put they they chipped in. Uh-huh. They bet a 50 cent, so like 17 cents a piece. Okay. Six different games, NBA games, uh-huh. first basket scored. Uh, okay. Hit them all. 260,000 to one. They got 130,000 for their 50 cents. For their 50 cent and, bet. And they split it three ways. It's not bad. For 17 cents. That ORI is good. Yeah, you think? This just in. Unbelievable. The other, and we never got to this, and we'll get Matt Poston's in here at least to listen. Did you see um, Michigan State signed with Caesars? No, I didn't. Do you remember how, it it doesn't seem like it was too many years ago Mm -hmm. where we don't want sports gambling associated with college? Of course not. Michigan State just signed Caesars. Who will be the first of the Iowa schools to sign an ex- an exclusive sports book partnership? Well, the two that make the most sense, obviously, Iowa and Iowa State. And Iowa State doesn't sell beer. They don't sell beer yet. Gary so Barta does. You'd think Iowa. I would. And probably because of the connection to what they have with Riverside, which is a big mm-hmm. advertiser for them, mm-hmm. theirs is Elite Sportsbook. Would connect those dots make sense? I'm not sure that's enough money, though. Do, mm. do, do you need a brand? The national brand. The national brand. The DraftKings, yeah. right. the FanDuel, the, yeah, going yeah. with the big one. Yeah. You and I, Drake, do they get involved? Well, wouldn't you want to be at the forefront of that? I would. I mean, yeah. Michigan State just opened the door. They yes. they have yep. signed an agreement. It's posted today with Caesars. Matt Postens, how the world has changed, right, <laughs> Matt Postens? How are you? Yeah, absolutely. If I'm those three guys that chipped in 50 cents, I'm yeah. kicking myself for not chipping in five bucks a piece. Right. No kidding. Point. Unbelievable. 260,001. <laughs> they hit them all. First basket in the game. I mean, you know, anyways. So, Matt, lots of ground to cover with you, and I do want to pick your brain on what Trent and I both think will be a, just a uh, a memorable game with a, a uniform game, a helmet game. We've seen this game. Uh, the the Niners and the Cowboys was such a massive game in the in the 90s and late 80s, but particularly uh, in the 90s. We'll do that in a second, but let's do Big 12 basketball first. And look, one of the stories 
How about the Texas Tech wins over the last little while, right? They come to Ames, they get beat with seven guys, but play their you-know-whats off, and if it would have, should have escaped uh, Hilton uh, with a W. They didn't. They go home. Here comes Kansas. They pick off Kansas. Uh, they go to Waco and beat Baylor. What a story uh, is being uh, written uh, with these Red Raiders. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I was just actually just talking with uh, another guy about uh, Mark Adams, and you know, this is what a guy, story. you know, Really, nationally, nobody knows. But mm-hmm. if you're in the state of Texas, you know who he is as a basketball coach. You mentioned his name, and coaches, other coaches' heads perk up because everybody here knows who he is because he's been a lifer in the state. He's coached at every level. He's won a junior college national championship. His one stint with a Division One school was the old UT Pan American School. It's now UT Rio Grande Valley, and it wasn't terribly successful. But that was back at a time when. College basketball was the way it used to be. You recruited, you developed talent, and you were kind of bound by what you brought in, and he just never got that program going. Well, it's a completely different paradigm now, and you saw that at Tech with so many players leaving the program after Chris Beard left, then you had so many players come back in. Suddenly, Mark Adams has a team that looks more like the junior college teams that he used to win 30 games a year with. Hmm. So you're seeing what Mark Adams does best. He brings in a lot of different guys. At the same time, guys that haven't played a whole lot together, and he gets them to play from the same sheet of music. And you saw that against Baylor on Tuesday night. Even though they didn't have Terrence Shannon Jr., even though Terrence McCullough Jr. wasn't at his best, you know, he still had the hobbled ankle because their defense is so good and so stifling throughout that game. And because they have so many other players that can, you know, pick up a few points here and there, they can make life difficult for anybody in this conference. And they've gone from being a team that, you know, nationally, I think a lot of folks have a lot of question marks to being a team that now I think can have real influence over who wins this conference. Baylor at the top still projected to win the conference at Ken Palm, even off after the loss. There's names back from the national championship team. We know Meyer, Flagler, JTT, those kind of guys. But James Akinjo, well-traveled, started at Georgetown, went to Arizona. Dude's an absolute star. National championship good, though. It's not the same team as a year ago. I know they were number one for a long time. Do they have enough still in your mind to win the sixth straight and win another national title? I think they do. I really do. And I think Akinja is a big part of that because mm. uh, he gives them a, a a point guard, a true point guard who can score, who can facilitate, who can pass, who is bought into the way they want to do defense there at Baylor. Uh, you know, he just, he, you know, there's nothing in his game that you shouldn't rave about. Uh, he's got a great all-around quality game. The one quibble I have right now is their interior game. Lo Thamba and Jonathan Chamba-Chachua have both improved from last year on the offensive end, but they're still not creating their own offense. That's really not been their game, and you saw that as kind of a weakness against Texas Tech on Tuesday night. Uh, If they go up against teams that have inside guys that can create their own shot, that could be a bit of a differentiator between whether or not Baylor wins or loses. But in every other way, you know, I thought this team might take a small step back after losing all those guys last year, but they really haven't. They're 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 still basically the same team they were a year ago, just with some different flavors. Yeah, and a major repeat, to, a major threat to repeat again. Uh, and I was dead wrong about them. Like you, I thought they would take maybe even I thought a bigger step uh, backwards, but they haven't. Uh, Iowa State. Let me get your opinion on Iowa State. I mean, one of those remarkable stories coming into the uh, into the new year was the streak that they were on, and they get that they're top ten for crying out loud after winning. Two basketball games. Uh, they beat Texas Tech, but have fallen to Baylor in a close game. Oklahoma 
Oklahoma game last weekend was they led it for 31 minutes and then uncharacteristically for them kind of fell apart and gave Kansas all they wanted. Um, and, and Iowa State fans, and I, they're right to do so. Uh, the, the missed goaltending call was an egregious miss in a lot of folks' opinion, mine included. Uh, but TJ Otzelberger, the job he's doing with the Cyclones from your uh, outpost, your job and what the Cyclones are doing uh, so far. Yeah, I think he's done a great job. I mean, they they got a rough start. I mean, Oklahoma, let's just be honest, Oklahoma should be ranked. They should be in the top 25. They're that good a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porter Moser's done a great job there in Norman this year. But, um, you know, I think the things the thing that I was worried about coming into conference play for them was not their defense, was not their top three scorers. It was what else is on the roster. Are they going to start getting scoring contributions from some of these other guys like Tristan and Aruna, Aljez Kuntz, you know, Caleb Grill on a more consistent basis. Uh, and Aruna had a couple of really good games to start Big 12 play. Uh, Caleb Grill had a couple of really nice shots against Kansas, but they, they don't have that fourth guy yet that is consistently there with Brockington and Hunter and Kalshore to, to really kind of give them a little bit of a boost from a scoring standpoint. So I think what you've seen from them – the first two weeks is probably what we're going to see a lot for the rest of the season. You're going to see low-scoring games where their defense really heavily influences how the game goes, but they're going to be close. It can be a lot of heart attacks for Iowa State mm-hmm. fans, I think, for the next couple of months because that's the kind of basketball they're going to play. But the good news is they're good enough to win 20 games that way and good enough to get to the NCAA tournament that way. I just have a hard time seeing them win the regular season you know, championship that way. Now, go to Kansas City and maybe you're a top-four seed, I could see them winning the Big 12 tournament that way because you know three games in the concentrated period where you're leaning on your defense and you're leaning on winning close games, Iowa State could do that. Let's go to Texas. We'll get to see them, of course, against Iowa State on Saturday. Longhorns brought in a bunch of transfers. Timmy Allen came in, Trey Mitchell, and, of course, Marcus Carr. It's been a struggle, though, for Marcus Carr. What's going wrong with the former Gopher? And and overall, this mix of team had a head-scratching loss, just the fashion that it played out against Oklahoma State a week ago Saturday. Your thoughts overall on this Longhorn team? And just good, how good are they, and how good can they be with Chris Beard at the helm? Well, I think with Texas, it's just they the chemistry's just not there yet. I mean, they're abundantly talented. And I think once it all comes together, they're going to be real trouble. They're the team in March that I feel like if everything comes together the way it should, they're not the team I want to play because they've got depth at every position. They've got scoring talent at every position. They play defense as well as anybody else in the conference. I mean, all the pieces are there. It's just I think they're having an issue of, you know, who's going to take that big shot at the end of the game? Who's going to be that guy the offense flows through when you really need to have buckets? And, you know, I think Marcus Carr is starting to work through some of that. You know, he had some really good games before the Oklahoma State game where it kind of seemed like he was beginning to really figure out what his role was with this team and he was starting to kind of assert himself. Um, They won the other night. I thought that was their best game in Big 12 play so far. It seemed like everybody played together, Andrew, Andrew Jones had a great game, but, you know, really overall as a team on balance, they played well together. So maybe that's momentum that carries into Iowa State. I think it's a really interesting game for them. It's a road game. It's a hostile environment. Uh, They're probably on paper more talented than Iowa State, but we've seen Iowa State throughout the season, you know, do crazy things to teams that have more talent than they do on paper. So I think this is a big test for Texas to see where they are chemistry-wise because they're going to have to find somebody 
that's going to have to hit a bucket late, I think, to win that game. Could be Carr. They've got a lot of options. Who's going to step up and be that guy? Yeah, it's a big, it's a big game for both schools. Iowa State, um, the, the, as you mentioned earlier, the daunting start as far as the way that the schedule set up with all of those uh, heavy heads at the beginning of the schedule, and they were so good in the non-con. Uh, it was a big spot for them against Texas. Your thoughts on Kansas, and, and how different will they be when Remy Martin comes back? Of course, he didn't play uh, earlier this week when Iowa State gave them all that they wanted in that one-point loss to the Jayhawks. With a a full-strength Kansas, your thoughts on the on self's Jayhawks? Yeah, full strength, they're a really, really good team. Uh, I think the difference is David McCormick, and we've been kind of talking about it for a few weeks now. I thought when they played Oklahoma State, they had 17 and 15. I thought to myself, okay, here we go. We're in conference play. Maybe he's kind of starting to flip the switch now and, and get back to where he was last year. And he's really kind of been non-existent the last couple of games. Um, they... They actually, if you know, didn't know, if you didn't notice this, they actually kind of adjusted their starting lineup against Iowa State. They took not only McCormick out, but they took Lightfoot out too, yeah, and they put the in uh, KJ Adams. Uh, it, it's you know they're they're trying to figure out what they can do on their interior because on the outside they're set between Igbaji, Brown, Martin, Jalen Wilson, who I think is starting to come on finally, mm-hmm. uh, Dewan Harris. Perimeter wise, they're set they've got real question marks about what they're trying to do inside. When I went to see SFA play Kansas in December, you know, Lightfoot played most of that game. And it was because our post guy for SFA was a bad matchup for them because he was smaller. Now the problem is I'm not sure Bill Self knows what he wants to do with the guys that he has inside. Zach Clemens was out. He couldn't play that game. So that's my big question mark is how are they going to put manufacture an inside game that can be competitive in this conference? and be competitive in the NCAA tournament. If they can figure that out, they've got everything they need to make a deep run in March. But if they don't, it could be another out we're out the first weekend because that's a that they've got to have something inside that they can count on. 2022 NFL playoffs start out Dallas back in with a very talented roster. Mm. But it's the Cowboys, and over the last quarter century, there has been a lot of playoff flameouts very quickly for this organization. What's different this year in your mind? What what gets you excited this team? Maybe not even win a game, but can really have a run in them. Uh, I think the defense. You know, mm-hmm. Obviously, the offense, I think, has played well, I think, over the past month, month and a half. Um, but their, their defense has been incredibly consistent. It has played at a very, very high level throughout the last two months. Uh, they are healthy. You know, they're, they're, they don't, they're not banged up on that side of the football like they usually are. Uh, and they've got a lot of guys that can make a lot of plays, and the emphasis that they've placed on creating turnovers this season has really paid off for them. So they have the ability to give their offense you know, a couple extra possessions a game uh, to try and help score points and, and build a lead. So that, to me, is the big difference than maybe their past two or three playoff teams. This defense is definitely better than any playoff defense they've put together than probably, probably going back to Romo's that playoff year in, I think, 08 when they won 13 or 14 games and lost to the Giants at home, that defense was really, really good. I think this defense is probably as good as that one, if not a little better. You know what worries me about this team, of all things, is is, is uh, Greg Sir Legatron, right? Um, he's missed so many kicks this year, so many extra points seemingly. I think he missed another one uh, this past weekend in uh, Philadelphia, did he not? Well, regardless, I, I believe he did. Anyways, um, what what's wrong with him? Because going into the year, I mean, he was—I thought he was one of their least of their concerns, but he has been inconsistent. 
He has been inconsistent. There's no question. I mean, he'll have a game, like you said, where he misses an extra point in the field goal, and then he'll have a game where he'll go out and make four field goals and kick the game winner. Uh, it's a little unusual because he, throughout his career, he's been traditionally a very consistent kicker. And you know, the Cowboys have made it clear they feel like he's their guy. Uh, their special teams coach was Zerline's special teams coach with the Rams. So they have a long-standing relationship, so there's a lot of loyalty there as far as that coach is concerned and that kicker is concerned. So I don't see them making a change at kicker. But, um, you know, if you, if, if, you, if you talk to fans around here in Dallas, oddly enough, that's the big question mark. Yeah. You know, most of the fans around here want to run him out of town on a rail right now because of the, the inconsistency as a kicker. Um, something tells me that when they need him to make a kick, he'll make a kick. Because that's been his history, but we'll see. He's going to be given that opportunity, that's for sure. 49ers on Sunday. Great uniform game. Talked about it all week long. Matt, game plan. What do you do to beat this 49ers squad? I I don't think you really do anything differently than what you've done, say, the last month or two. Um, I think you, the Cowboys have made more of an effort to run the football. I think it's been uh, successful for them. You know, obviously, Dak had the big game against the Eagles, but they were very undermanned on the defensive yeah. side of the football. They knew they were going to the playoffs. They didn't. They didn't play as many of their guys in that game as they could have. Uh, but uh, they're going to stick to the run game. They're going to stick trying to establish Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, You know, give Dak options to run off a of play action. And then with the defense, it's just making sure that uh, you don't let guys like Debo Samuel, Samuel get the opportunity to freelance too much, get down the field, put pressure on the quarterback, You know, you know, bottle up the running game. The things they've been doing so well throughout the season – those things are going to work against the 49ers on Sunday. It's just a matter of, of executing them and not giving up big plays to a team that, that has a propensity. You know, the Niners do have the ability to put together two or three big plays a game that can really change the outcome of a game. you got to avoid those. Matt Postens, you can follow him on Twitter, at Postens Postcard. You can read him in Heartland College Sports or the Cowboys Maven, which falls under the Fan Nation umbrella. Matt, great stuff. We appreciate your contribution. Uh, we'll catch up with you in the in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Matt Postens, as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Matt Postens, Heartland College Sports on the Big 12. So if the Niners win, mm-hmm. I mean, do you, we both think the Eagles are going to give Tampa more than – they bargain for. Remember, then it'd be a closer game than I think a lot of people yeah. think, right? So, if San Fran beats the Cowboys, off they go to Lambeau. Yes. Oh, if you're a Packers fan, that's not who you want to see. I don't think it is either. I'd rather see the Rams and yes. the Cardinals. Right. I don't, I don't want to see. Geez. Um, you want to see the Eagles. You sure do. (laughs) Absolutely. And if you do, that means Brady's out. Right. And you won't have to see him Uh if you get to that point in the the conference championship. Boy, Niners-Packers next weekend in the divisional round. Another uniform game. It is. It really and truly is. Trent, I'm starting to like the uh, the Niners more and more. I've been telling you for a month. I know. Finally jumping on board. He could have hopped on with me. What did you get him? 30-something to one? 40 to one. 40 to one. 40 to 1. Well, what? I finally did jump on, but got 25 to 1. 25 to 1. Mm-hmm. Did you, uh, yesterday during our taping of our TV show, Inside the Numbers on Mediacom, yes. where we talk all sports wagering, did you hop on the Lakers? No. So I was telling you yesterday, we have the extra money in our accounts from our Bet Rivers contest. Yeah. And so I was throwing some futures and a couple bucks here and there, and I found the Lakers at 14 to 1. 
And of course, they promptly get beat by the Kings last night. Westbrook was just absolutely brutal right after I fired at that one. But the Lakers at 14 to 1, I'm going to have something to root for in April and May at the very least, right? Yeah, how's Halliburton in that game? I didn't see much of them. Okay. I, I was on the Bulls' nets. That was oh, my, no, that's that was my NBA last night, yeah. All right, we'll have Wade Looking Bill join us next. We've got some uh, homework to do before that, however, some housekeeping. Time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Uh, simply go to kxno.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword bills. Bills, kxno.com, your chance to win $1,000. Bills at kxno.com. Back with Wade Looking Bill. We'll preview tonight's 8 o'clock Tilt, FS1 has it. Who has the call? Is Bardo on it? Hadn't seen who the TV announcers okay. are tonight. Uh, well, regardless, uh, who did Robbie Hummel have last night? Which game was I watching with him? Did he have Northwestern? I think he did. Yeah, I think so. I think so. he did. Emmenecker had Drake. was great listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bardo and Byington had uh, Michigan State. Uh, in Minnesota, that was a good listen. Um, anyways, we will come back with Wade Looking Bill. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. X and O. Market homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renters Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renters Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee their professional landlords manage your property 24 7 so you don't have to collect the rent you don't have to maintenance inspections and tax paperwork you don't have to there's no upfront fees no binding contracts and you can cancel at any time find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com that's renterswarehouse.com renters warehouse des moines you can't buy happiness The Chicken Coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations. The Chicken Coop has the best, fresh, never frozen wings, buffalo, garlic jalapeno, buck nasty, tropical heat, pepper teriyaki, garlic parmesan, and so much more. Along with steaks, burgers, ribs, and a children's menu for the little ones. And don't forget about the Chicken Coop's daily lunch and drink specials. Catch all the games at the Chicken Coop. In Ankeny, Urbandale, Snowblower Brand. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800- Road in Urbandale. Back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Mary Condon. Welcome back. Underrated tune right there, Trent Condon. Well done. Now it's 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon. Trent's play of the day. 
been on fire, folks. You know, that'll be coming up here in about 15 minutes. Right now, Wade Looking Bill joins us. As we take a look at tonight's Hoosiers Hawkeyes, Joe Davis, Bill Raftery on the call. That's a great team. Not bad indeed. Billy FS, Raftery. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, I love him. Old school. He'll be finding a place for a cocktail. There? Will they be there physically? Uh, good question. Uh, yeah. Yeah, fair question. We can um, pen for Raftery before and after Fox the game. game. It must be. Yeah, F- FS1. Yep. FS1, yep. Yeah. Some of those guys are still in the studio, so we'll see. It's it's the way of the world. Yeah, indeed it is. You know, Trent put something out there at the end of the first. Uh, well, well, go do, run it by Wade. See what he thinks. So, Wade, the old Capitol Mall who has deteriorated, certainly since your days and my days in Iowa City, it's not the same structure it once was. Malls are becoming more and more obsolete. The university has bought it, officially bought the whole structure and I have maintained, and I am not alone in this, that that would be a perfect place for a downtown basketball multi-purpose arena right next to campus, easy for mm-hmm. students to get to. Parking, that would be a little bit of a problem, but a downtown arenas work all over the country. Your thoughts on that, Carver, as it gets ready to celebrate its 40th anniversary Jeez. coming up uh, right around the corner, going away from Carver and going to a downtown arena. Would that work? Wow. Well, I hadn't thought of that. You know, I just think it all comes down to economics, mm-hmm. and it's something where, you know, we've talked about it, and, and but the Big Ten Network, you know, each school gets their $200 million or half a billion dollars, what each school gets. But, boy, they have sold their soul, and these 8 o'clock starts yeah. on a Thursday, again, TV revenue drives everything, but it is hard to get down and get to a game. I mean, me and my buddies talked about going to this game tonight, but can you drive down there, a snowstorm's coming, be back home Friday morning, back to work Friday morning? It's tough. So I think it sounds great. I I, I think if they had better attendance at Carver or just, you know, more of a metro feel than than Iowa City, if it was Columbus or Ann Arbor, I think it'd be great. I I just don't think it's you know, economically feasible. Yeah, and it's going to be tough. It'll be tough to get a good crowd there tonight uh, as well for that 8 o'clock tip. Uh, and just the fact that the, the students are so far away. and mm-hmm. the uh, there's... Students aren't back yet, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Start next week. I think Monday. Yeah. Yep. I think Monday, yeah. yeah. Next week. All right, so what about this game tonight, Wade? Uh, Indiana's Ooh. coming in. They're playing well. I mean, they're playing well. That win last yeah. week against Ohio State, they pasted them. What do you expect to see? Yeah. So... This is, a, this is a must win for Iowa. So here's the thing. I'm still optimistic. If, if you look at who Iowa has played and who they've lost to, you know, really you can argue that they have not lost. They don't have a bad loss. Yeah, Illinois at home could have had that, should have had that, but, but Illinois is rolling. They're 5-0 and in the league. You know, no, no, nobody expected Iowa to win at Purdue. Nobody expected them to win at Wisconsin. You kind of hoped Wisconsin, but they're, but they're turning into West, the Wisconsin of old, just like Michigan State is. Now, so if you look at that, Indiana has not been good on the road. They had that, they had that crazy game at they lost at Syracuse like one twelve yep. to one oh eight or something. They lost at Penn State and then they lost at someplace else. So they have well, not, Wisconsin they have a road win. That was Wisconsin. That yep. was Wisconsin. So they do not have a road win. So Iowa's got to get this one, and then you could break it down. And it's just something where it's a pretty good matchup for Iowa. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis is. He's Tyler Cook. He is really wow. athletic, and he's great around the rim, but if you push him outside 10, 12 feet, there ain't much there. So they got to keep him off the glass, you know, make him work for everything he gets, but, but, but he can't get 22 and 15 
Because if he does, I was going to be in trouble. You mentioned Jackson Davis, and he was a problem certainly last year also for this team. Also, Race Thompson, kid from Minnesota, he's playing really well. Another big body. We know about Iowa's deficiencies rebounding. You're talking about two of the better rebounders in the Big Ten with those two guys. So what do you do? Go in with the game plan, how we're going to rebound better and do it against one of the top rebounding two guys in the country. I think I think the Race thompson Robracha matchup it, it, it is actually okay. They're both kind of undersized big men that are you know not crazy athletic, but I think Philip Philip shows signs. He's he's they, they have to get more from him. They have to get you know he just was non-existent at, at Wisconsin, and they got to get more from him. I, I think that's a pretty good matchup, and if if if, if that's a push, Iowa does okay. Now with Trey Saxon Davis, you know I don't know I I, I I don't know how they match up with him. You know, just to kind of slow him down, I, I I would look to spot, you know, the guys off the bench. He's not a very good free throw shooter. Um, you know, put him on the line if you have to. Mm. But those are two really big body players, and and you know, like you talked about, Iowa has not fared well this year against kids like that. You know, if if I'm uh, getting set to uh, to face the Hawkeyes. Um... I'm going to let Keegan Murray get his and worry about the other four that are on the floor because it's so difficult to shut down one of the uh, one of the best players in the sport, quite frankly, uh, in Keegan Murray. But the other guys, we mentioned the secondary scoring; it's got to come from somewhere. Um, don't, don't you think that you're, that a lot of teams are going to employ that strategy? Let Keegan get his. Worry about the other four. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, and it's it's so strange that if Keegan gets. 35, Iowa wins, but if he only only gets 27, they're going to get beat. And yeah, they 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 have to get more from Jordan Bohannon. And the Wisconsin game was so odd. I don't think he even took a shot. To late, it was 12 points. It was very deceiving. But he right. didn't take a shot till till the game was over. Yeah, 30 you know, minutes, just, I think. Yeah, it was it was really odd. So between Bohannon and Robracha, they they have to get whatever that number is, 24 points. Let's say from from those two. Get twenty five from Keegan. That's his average. I think Patrick is, you know, finally getting healthy. And they've had a week off, so they've had a week off to kind of talk about, you know, that game at Wisconsin. It's the same story. Is you know they 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 got to rebound better, and you know they just haven't figured it out. But they've had a week off to kind of prepare for Indiana. They're not, you know, Mike Mike Woodson has a lot of kind of NBA stats. It, it, it's a different type of scheme than it used to be. But you know this this is a game. I was favored in at home. This is a game they have to win. It really is the way that it sets up the schedule going forward. We know the difficult nature it's going to be here over these next two weeks. You mentioned the week off, Wade. When going back to your days as a player, how important during you had that kind of mini buy, if you will, during Big Ten slate, getting right. What else do you do during that time when you're practicing yeah, against each other? It's you know I hate to say it, but it's it's like the worst possible time to have that week off mm-hmm. because. There's there's no classes. They're still in in winter break, so there's not a lot to do. Right. You know, there's, you just kind of play basketball, watch basketball because there's nothing to study. Classes haven't started yet. Um, you just try to get healthy, I guess. If 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 one thing, watch a lot of tape. You know, when you look at Iowa's schedule, I think they have to get three of these next four. They got Indiana at home tonight, at Minnesota Sunday afternoon. You guys talked about that at Rutgers, and then home against Penn State. So. They have to get three of those four, and not even talking about you know Big Ten titles or anything. Just even you know ten and ten. They got to get ten and ten. And how are you going to do that? But again, to have the week off is, is great because it's kind of in the, in, in the midway point. But 
you know, just with, with no classes, there's not a lot to do. So it's work out, but, but they kind of limit. I, I guess when you're off during school, you can practice as much as you want. But um, get healthy, a lot of treatment, and then, and then watch tape. Uh, Wait, conference overall, uh, Michigan State survived last night. Uh, Minnesota gave them all they wanted. Came right down to the end. A put-back bucket propelled Michigan State to remain un- un- unbeaten. Michigan's off to a, a really disappointing start for them. But the conference overall, um, when when it's all said and done, is it going to be Illinois and Purdue at the top? Purdue's you know, languishing in the middle of the pack. They're 2-2. Two and two. I get it. Long, a lot of basketball still to be played. But uh, conference-wise, how do you see it? Shape, shape it up for us. Yeah. I think Purdue's got problems. Their their point guard play is really odd, you know. And I and I love Jaden Ivey. He's he's Russell Westbrook the way he accelerates and moves like that. But his shots a little suspect, and they they rotate those bigs through there. And I, again, Zach Eady is unbelievable. He's a matchup nightmare. But can he guard on the other side? So Purdue's got issues. I still think it's it, it's going to be Michigan State, like you said, at Illinois. You know, I, I I think a month ago we talked about how Michigan State was in trouble, Wisconsin right. was in trouble, mm-hmm. and it's it's the same old same old. I mean, Michigan State, you know, Izzo's a good coach, and they kind of got things figured out. Joe, Joey Hauser's been playing better. Um, you know, they got the young guys mixed in with seniors, but Purdue's point guard play is it's a concern. Take us back. I like to go in the back, way back machine. As you were playing, I'm playing Indiana, and that really meant something during your time. Late 80s into the early 90s, playing the Hoosiers, national championships, and specifically Bobby Knight. We know the stories and seen the games where you'd have that full court press with Dr. Tom, and they'd fire it right off your noggin and uh, try to get the ball back and reset it. They hit Kent Hill in the face. Yes, Kent Hill got one. I I want to say Lowhouse maybe took one. So take it back to those days. And Bobby Knight on the sideline, what was it like hearing the general hollering? Yeah, yeah. So when I played, you know, late 80s, early 90s, it it was a big game. Indiana was still Indiana. You know, you forget, they, they won it. They went undefeated in 76, won it with Isaiah in 82, and then Alford and Keith Smart in 87. Yep. So you're talking about basically three titles in mm. 11 years. I mean, so, so then, then in, again, late 80s, early 90s, it was still Bobby Knight didn't have all his off court issues. But when they come out in those candy striped pants, I think they still wear them, those warm <laughs> Yeah, ups, they do. Especially when you're at IU or, or when you're at home. And then, you know, Bobby kind of takes his turn, or at the time he did, and, you know, he waited for the perfect time, and he comes sauntering in. There, it, it was different. Now, the kids today don't really even know about that mystique, and that you know they just see the Bobby Knight and the off-court issues. But it, when when we played Eric Anderson, you know, rest his soul, the 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 late great Eric Anderson, uh, Calbert Chaney. I mean, they were loaded, and it was always a battle. And you know, it's it's funny because you don't see that very often, but probably still their most marquee person was their head coach, yep. and you really wanted to beat them because they always had Midwest guys, you know, Illinois, Indiana kids, but you always wanted to beat Bobby Knight's team too. Mm. The, today we got what Tom Izzo comes out and uh, watches warm up, sits on the bench and watches warm up. I, that's I don't know if that's an intimidating thing, but I can just imagine every all eyes waiting for for Bobby Knight to walk out and take his place on the bench. It would have been fun to watch. Uh, Wade, yep. looking, Bill. Thank you as always. We will. Um, I'm assuming impose on you again next week, Wade. Thank you very Let me much. Know. We'll do. Thanks, yep. guys. Thank you, right. Wade, looking, Bill. Good to talk to you. Thank you on uh, tonight's Indiana. 
Iowa DraftKings a five-point favorite? Five. Uh, right before the show, I was looking at it. We'll get an updated line and make some plays it's in just a, a moment. It's a big spot, Trent. It's a big game for Iowa tonight. Penn State looms, Minnesota looms, at Rutgers looms. Got to go three and one. Have to. Have to. And he On the road at Rutgers is going to be tough. On the road in Minnesota is going to be tough. Uh-huh. Especially the Minnesota team I watched last night. Penn State is the most winnable. Yes. That's at home of these four. Mm-hmm. But if you lose this one, you're looking at, Ooh. boy, we got to win three in a row. Yeah. Look out. Yeah, it's important spot, no doubt. We will come back. Trent's play of the day. Circus sponsors that. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.com. Trent's pick of the day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Welcome back. So far this week, you wish you had played with Trent because he is on a bit of a roll. Lines coming down a little bit, Trent, on tonight's Iowa uh, Indiana game, depending on where you go. I know Circa's still at five. There's some four and a halfs out there now. Yeah, four and a half at DraftKings. Circa has it at five. So if you're shopping around, as we always tell you to, you're going to find a couple of different lines out there. I played this game this morning. It was five and a half at DraftKings at that time. So got the best of the number because I am playing the Hoosiers. Hmm. Race Thompson. Trace Jackson Davis really concerned me with their rebounding ability. So do they win a tight win, or do they put it in the win column outright? Uh, maybe a money line dabble for me, too. But that's not all. You know, I don't like to just No, not eight. one game, not when there's a bunch of them. Well, we got Big Ten action along with that game early. Give me the Buckeyes plus three and a half at Bucky at the Kohl Center. Like this Ohio State team, you know, my Sounds affinity for Chris Holtman. Well. Buckeyes are playing well, too. I'll take the three and a half. Texas Tech. They just keep rolling. Mm-hmm. And they only got a lay okay seven State and a half. Tonight, right? Oklahoma State's not very good. Yep. Laying seven and a half, I will do that. Is there TV for that or is that plus? I think that's an ESPN plus broadcast. You know what? Let me look before we get out of here. I knew I have it somewhere. All right, uh, what else are you playing? Big East, Georgetown getting one and a half at home against Butler. Neither team very good. It is ESPN plus. Give me the Hoyas and Georgetown. Pick number five. Okay. We're doing five pack today. So we can't have a push, right? Unless I do yeah. get a push. Two games late night I'm looking at. Give me BYU. They're getting 15 at Gonzaga. Haven't seen the Zags in a long time. And that is on ESPN, too. Yes. That will be a 10 o'clock tip-off. Late night hoops tonight. We'll grab the dog. Give me BYU at the Zags. All right. uh, Good stuff. Well, speaking of Circa Sports, as we were, Mike Palm will join us tomorrow Mm -hmm. at 1030. Look forward to catching up uh, with our friend Mike Palm. Tom Caker will be here. Maybe there'll be an entire Linderbaum announcement today. Maybe. Afternoon seems to be the time as soon as we get off the air, right? Isn't it? Seemingly, it's, that's been the case. So we've seen two mock drafts that have come out today. Sporting News has Linderbaum fifth to the Giants. Athlon has put out their first mock draft. They have him going nine to my Denver Broncos. Oh, it's not a quarterback, but you got yours with Drew Lock. Do we? You're trying to talk yourself into it. Oh, my. Twist myself in knots by the time the season rolls around next year. Anyways, we are out of time. Thank you for being with us. More local programming is an hour and five minutes away with Murph and Andy, the Fanatics at 3. We're Miller and Condon, weekdays 10 to noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.9.